Hello and welcome to Professional Disaster. That's right. And we're That's your hosts. Right. <laughs> My name is Will Hebner. My name is Matt Norman. And this is the podcast where we do nothing. Hey, listen. We talk about all kinds <laughs> of things. Um, do we talk about disaster prep? No, which might be confusing if you ever search for this podcast <laughs> yeah. on the uh, on the uh, Apple iTunes uh, uh, podcast store. Like, this is not what I was expecting. <laughs> <laughs> do we talk about like workplace attire and how to be more professional in the workplace? No, not nope. that either. Not that either. But we do talk about other fun stuff. That's right. Because the heart of it is that though me and Matt are, well technically professionals we're also disasters because we're still trying to figure it out always trying to figure it out and yep. always grateful for you to join us in figuring it out together yeah man did you know that if you email us at prof disaster 2023 at gmail.com that we will read that email and we might answer the questions and and all that kind of good stuff what there's an email you've <laughs> Is it profdisaster2023 at gmail.com? You're not going to believe this, but it is. <laughs> profdisaster2023 nice. at gmail.com. You know, I heard a rumor that episode 25 is going to be a special episode that's like all about answering emails. You know, how could it not be a special episode with 25 episodes in? And whoop, whoop. what better way, what more special way than, yeah. Reading a bunch of emails, um, hearing your questions, giving giving some follow ups, maybe based on based on some things that you guys have heard and and kind of felt as you've uh, you've been listening to us jammer about back and forth over the the last couple of uh, uh, months. Yeah, <laughs> twenty five episodes. That's that's ins- a lot of weeks, actually. Yeah, <laughs> we'll save it for reflections, maybe for them. But man, it's coming Shoot, up. Shoot, like. Technically, fifty-two episodes would be a whole year, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. So we're, so we're like, there. holy half a year, man. Mm. That's insane. It feels like just yesterday we started. And there's really no better place to start than our icebreaker question. What? Spons- Sponsored by Mountain Dew Baja Blast. <laughs> what? Matt, tell me more. You know, Mountain Dew Baja Blast is that perfect kickstart to your afternoon. You know, we all get into those times where I'm just feeling a little a little sleepy, and I need that, that, that kick in the butt to just kind of keep going throughout the day. You ever have that, Will? Man, almost daily. And I know what you're saying. You're thinking, man, but too much caffeine. That can't be good for you. But did you know that Mountain Dew Baja Blast only has 54 milligrams of caffeine per 12-ounce serving? I do now. <laughs> The same amount of serving in a cup of coffee would be 140 milligrams. So wow. if you think about it, perfect way to just kind of get your day. Uh, well, I was going to say started. Kick but, started. Know, kick started, yeah. Shout out to another Mountain Dew brand. <laughs> That's our sponsor for November. Yeah. <laughs> Got into that a little early. That's all right. Oh, man. So you ready for ready for an icebreaker question from me? I guess so, man. Bring it on. I'm not really sure why I called it a burker, an iceberger question. An iceberger. Because it's like burger. it's so deep, burger. it's it's more like a burger. It's burking that. It's an iceberger ice. question. All right. Sorry. <laughs> we won't cut this part. <laughs> um, no. Okay. Here's my question for you. This this one is truly random, but I, I just like thinking about these kinds of things. Uh do you believe, call it what you want, do you believe that there are aliens? Do you believe that there are intelligent life? Do you believe whatever elsewhere in the universe besides Earth? I'm not sure there's intelligent life here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Shot at humanity. Yeah. Yeah. We can take it. We deserve to be taken down a peg or two. <laughs> man. I I really don't. Mm-hmm. I I don't know that it would affect my uh, belief system, but I I don't I don't see why. Yeah, and I feel like that's something that maybe God would let us in on. That I mean, that might be true. That might be that might be true. I think I think I do. I think I do believe. I'm not really sure why. It's just do you like believe one of those... that they're there, or do you believe that it's possible? 
I certainly believe it's possible. Because that's where I'm right. at. I, I, yeah. Like, I wouldn't, I don't know that. The other thing, too, is the universe is so vast. Yes. My question is, and this this is just, we're thinking, folks. We're not talking about, like, solid rock hard beliefs. It's We're allowed to just think. Yeah. We're musing. We're musing. Okay. Is it possible that there are gods of other universes? Mm-hmm. I tell you what, if if that's the case, I'd hate to be a part of a universe where God wasn't benevolent. <laughs> I tell you what, I'd take our God in, yeah. the, in the big God showdown that yeah. happens uh, between <laughs> our universe and the other universe. No, that's crazy. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I think I do. I know that, you know, this, I, I kind of got caught up in reading some stuff about like these, these recent depositions that happened before Congress where, you know, some kind of high profile government officials had acknowledged that, yeah, there's, there's like some stuff that we can't really explain, you know, that's been found and, and, you know, it's been hidden and basically all the conspiracy theories about, you know, roswell new mexico and all that stuff yeah. there's a lot of truth to those conspiracy theories and, and it's kind of like wow this is crazy and it's funny because it kind of popped up and and a lot of people talked about it in the news and then everybody's kind of like yeah oh well <laughs> oh well what are we gonna do yeah. you know it's like i don't know that this changes my life in any way which when you think about it accurate right yeah. i mean like if it does turn out to be the case i don't really know what it's gonna do to there are some people anything. that like if you found out like, they were aliens. Yeah, you'd be kind of like, yeah. Kind of makes sense. I get it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now I have an explanation. At yeah. Least. <laughs> yeah. 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 It, it, I mean, I I just don't think about that kind of stuff. I'm I'm not a space guy. I I don't I don't really dwell on rocket ships and what else is out there. Mm, yeah. In fact, Star Wars is really the only space type canon material yeah. that i even like get into like star trek is so daggum boring sorry if you love star trek out there I'm, i apologize but star trek is not one that i've ever really gotten deep into i think i would like it a lot it just just feels feels like a lot less um fantastic you know it feels like it's it's like trying to be a little bit more grounded in it's you know sci-fi and i like i like my stories to be big and you know fantastical um yeah in space yeah, yeah, interesting. Well, I mean, I think the Star Wars isn't in space that often either. Yeah, you know, true, it's, true, true. it's either in a spaceship or on a planet. Yeah, that's there's awesome. not a lot. There's a little bit, but there's not a ton of like. I'm just not a big fan of like spaceship fights. Yeah, that's fair. And probably even more so, like even like I actually really did like the latest Top Gun movie, but for the most part, like I don't know, air battles. They just mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just not. Yeah. Just yeah, doesn't do it for not me. Much for, yeah. Yeah. It's hard when, I mean, there's like, the struggle feels like it's, I don't know, when you're watching a story anyway unfold and everything, you kind of want, you want people to be like, actually like, I don't know, struggling and, and, you know, in direct combat with each other and something about them being in, you know, ships or something like that just feels, yeah. I don't know, oddly disconnected. So I think I agree with that. Yeah. And Star Trek has a lot of that, it seems to me. You know, it's all about the shields and phasers and all of that kind yeah. of stuff where they're always, you know, the commander, Kirk, or whoever is trying to, you know, they're 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 shooting down this thing. And Star Wars, it just feels like they don't do that as much. It's all about yeah. lightsaber fights and stuff. And, the, and I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Now, yeah. I understand you maybe have a, a, a nice breaker of a slightly different uh, caliber. Yeah, I don't know if it's really a question. It's more so a discovery that led me to a thought that I was just like, hmm. And I kind of want your I want your take. Yeah. Cuz it's kind of it's one of those things that makes a lot of sense, but it's a bit of a stretch as far as biblical proof. But let's 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 go for it. Mhm. Yeah. For this? yeah, yeah, I love it. So I was writing a sermon this week because mm. that's what I do for a living. Your job, yeah. And I wrote a line that made me think about something in a different way than I'd ever thought of before. And I just was thinking about God actually 
knitting. Psalm 39, Psalm 139, sorry, gotcha. says mm-hmm. that we were knit by God in our mother's womb. Mm-hmm. And then for some reason, I thought this idea, like when a woman is pregnant, she just kind of has this glow about her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't really know how to describe that other than having experienced it there there it's not i don't know it's not it's not like an aura of happiness it's just like this and i don't know if there's like science vibe or something about it yeah so here was my thought is that glow representative of the presence of god Hmm. Hmm. does a woman who's pregnant glow because god is currently working is that working in their womb to create life. Interesting. What do you, how do you feel about that? Well, I, that, that's a, that, I mean, I, I, I think that's really sweet, you know, like it's just like this really sweet, loving, um, impression that I get from that. I, I, I mean, just, just even kind of going back to what you were, you, you started the point off about like the idea about, you know, knitting, right. That is such an intentional, you know, care filled action, right. It's not, and, and in some ways, man, it's really, it's really special when you think about it because it's a different, it's a different kind of like, I, don't, I was going to say method. It's not really method, but I guess like form of creation than what we see at the beginning, you know, the mm. where it's like God said, and, and there it happens. There's like so much more, you know, m- minute detail, like in knitting something. Yeah. It's like, so there is some, there's like, there's, it's almost like there's more love kind yeah. of like seeming to pour into it if you're kind of like carefully you know building it bit by bit yeah. by bit so i think there's something i mean there's something really to that about someone and and we know this we've talked about this a lot that there it strikes me that there are several kind of connections between the physical and the spiritual yeah. that we are just not capable of fully perceiving or understanding right yeah, but yeah, that yeah. our bodies you know physically emotionally mentally and spiritually are connected. So I think there's something really compelling about that idea that there's some sort of glow vibe. Are you ready feeling. to be compelled okay. even more? Oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm terrified now. <laughs> okay. So I'm thinking about this. I talked with my mom about it mm-hmm. and her first thought was Moses. And I was Moses. like, Oh snap. Okay. When, when Moses was on Mount Sinai and God walked by mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and he mm-hmm. was in the presence of God. Oh, yeah. When he came down from the mountain, what was happening to him? That's that right. man was glowing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. So he's, oh, my gosh. I'm just like, <laughs> and then when I when I connected those dots, I'm like, man, I'm almost, this is like, this is intense, man. Man, you're not kidding. No, that is really compelling. <laughs> I, that's what I'm saying, man. I just had never thought about that before and how, how special I, I, you brought that up and I didn't even think about that. Just the detail that goes into that and the care that goes into creating life. It's, it's not, and and I've always said, you know, I know a lot of people struggle with this idea. Well, it's, it's the act that, um, lays the, the canvas for life to be created and, I'm just like, I, I get that, but it is, I, I've, I've, I've said this in, in a couple of devotional thoughts uh, that I've written in my life. And it's just that, you know, I think that we as humans provide the canvas, but God's the one that paints the masterpiece. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you might, you might come together and, and do what it takes for life to be created, but yeah. God's the one that's creating that life. Sure, and it sure. doesn't get created without Him. I because that's I believe that because that's what Scripture yeah. tells us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the idea of God working inside of you and that giving you this this heavenly glow because the presence is so close, I don't know. That's just a wild thought to me. I've never, that's an amazing, that's an amazing connection because you're right. I mean, that is in scripture that Moses, by having that kind of proximity, right? That exposure to God, you know, his, he has that physiological change. I mean, how can someone's body glow? I mean, it doesn't make any sense, but there is something powerful about. (laughs) Shout out to, uh, 
Bruce Leroy. It's it's got to be yeah. another it's got to be another movie that you haven't you gotta, seen. You got to help me out with this I'll, one. A that I'll bit. that I'll let you borrow and you'll never watch. I've watched some of them. <laughs> I've watched some of the movies you've let me borrow. That's, well, that's a change since the last time we talked about this. <laughs> I'm not bitter at all, folks. No, you know, not at all. No, I'm just kidding. No, there's a there's this great. Uh, you know, there are such a. This is such so wildly off topic. I apologize, but there's a community of African American culture that is like in love with Kung Fu. And I like, I just love that. I, for some reason, when, when a culture you don't think would be a part of something else, like, I don't know, like I, I think that's awesome. I really do. And they, there is this black cinema movie that was produced called The Last Dragon. Oh, and the okay. main character is Bruce Leroy. Bruce Leroy. Yeah. <laughs> I and, you. oh my gosh, dude, it's such a funny movie. It's such a, it, it, it's silly, but it's, it's a lot of fun. Does, and, uh, does he the, glow? Yeah. Oh, okay. So at, at the end of the movie, the, the whole movie's about getting the glow. Oh, okay. And when okay. you get the glow, like, nobody's going to beat you up. I gotcha. I gotcha. There's even a song. Well, yeah, really about the glow. Got to get that glow. Man. So sorry. Yeah. I, for some reason you were talking, I thought of Bruce Leroy and I couldn't help but laugh. So I apologize. No, it's okay. You, I mean, you don't need to apologize to me and <laughs> you don't need to apologize to our listeners because they are loving it right now. <laughs> no, I can tell. <laughs> you can tell, huh? That's nice. It's like, yeah, that's them. That's yeah. them going off wow. right now. Wow. We love these old movie references. This is great. <laughs> Hey, seriously though, I would love to know if any of our listeners have ever watched The Last yeah. Dragon. Email us at profdisaster2023 at gmail.com. Uh, if only there was going to be some episode where we were going to talk about other people's emails coming up. Oh, but there is! What? How did I forget? So Epis- fast. Episode 25. Man, it's weird because I'm helping to plan these things out, but I keep I know, man. But, it's, only, uh, it's only two weeks away. Your time is running out. Yeah, you got to get these in. All right, I think it's time for us to switch to the disaster at hand. Matt, what you got for us today? The disaster at hand is something that I think we've been circling for a little while now, and I I think we've probably touched on it a couple of times in our lives because it's something that that a lot of people go through. And we're going to talk about the topic of anxiety here today. Mm. And so as my sort of... This stresses me out. It's it's good. (laughs) Feeling a little anxious as we're about to get into it, but I think we're going to be okay. Um, And, you know, actually... I kind of wanted to to start with this uh, this kind of opening question because I think it's kind of it's useful to consider because I think anxiety is one of those things that can get kind of I don't know misappropriated you know we can call certain things anxiety that really truly are not necessarily I mean it is a it is in its own way a medical condition too so I don't know there are some things for us to to kind of parse out there we might not say it exactly right the entire time but. I digress. Let me go ahead and ask the, uh, the well, question. I, to your point, I think that there's a lot of stuff that's tied in with anxiety, worry, stress, fear, mm-hmm. um, depression, loneliness. I mean, there's so yeah. much of that is so tight knit and they kind of, you know, manipulate each other. So, yeah. Yeah. So let me kind of ask it to you this way. Do you consider yourself an anxious person? Or if we want to kind of reframe that a little bit, maybe you're someone who has wrestled with anxiety or maybe neither or maybe something else. How Mm. would you characterize your relationship with anxiety? Can you ask that one more? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's really interesting. I feel like that I've come at this in stages because I was never somebody that was anxious or Mm -hmm. at least... I never saw the fruit of anxiety in my life. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I think that like in high school, I was a really good test taker. And I think that part of the reason I was a really good test taker is because I didn't care. Like sometimes not being afraid to fail actually makes you <laughs> more competent because yeah. you don't test as well when you're, I mean, and, and I even did a, I don't know if it was in college or whatnot, or maybe it was in high school where it, we actually did a study which showed that, stress and anxiety make the brain actually swell so you you can literally forget things that you know yeah, yeah simply because of anxiety 
And so that, that was never an issue for me. I was never really that that worried about stuff like that. And and I think that that probably carried through most of my college life. Like, I don't know that I was ever really worried or stressed about things. I don't know mm-hmm. that I, I had an, an anxious, I mean, I was pretty good with people. So people and situations didn't make me anxious. And I think that I grew up in a, in a very awkward, friendly household. And, and what I mean by that is that like, my oldest brother made it his mission to be as awkward as possible and to embarrass the living daylights out of me. So like there's, I think there's like, there's some social anxiety sure. that a lot of people deal with that. Like I, whatever I was going to experience out in the world was nothing compared to having to live with my brother. So like <laughs> you had had so much exposure <laughs> to whatever you want to call it, discomfort or yeah. uncomfortable situations that it's kind of like, man, what could be worse? Than oh, some no, of those dude, I mean, for example, he came in to pick me up from middle school and he was driving and they let him come into the classroom because he went to the same middle school and the, the teachers knew him and he came in and made a scene about how excited he was to see me. And then he had to take me to a, I don't know, like a dentist appointment or something like that. And he grabbed my face and just kissed me right on the mouth, oh, like cool. in front of my entire class. Yeah. It's like, like when you have a brother that does stuff <laughs> oh like to, that to you, like all the, like you just, so I've, I've never been, I've never really dealt with social anxiety. I, I mean, even like one of the things that I think is, really impress people about my age, not necessarily now, but when I first got into ministry was that I wasn't anxious when I was, when I was preaching. And, and for anybody that's listening out there, I, I would say that there are two things that deal with anxiousness and ty- those types of performance based things. And it is being prepared. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you know what you're doing, you know what you want to say, then it takes a lot of anxiousness away and you just you just do it. The more you do something, the less you feel anxious about it because you yeah. you start to get comfortable. Now, sometimes I get put in different situations or have to go speak to different crowds or you know different stuff like that. That sometimes I get a little anxious about. But I think that having some success and not necessarily like like awesome success, but like I you know I went to. Uh, India on a mission trip and had to preach with a translator yeah. and forgot to tell people what my name was. And like, and I was so, you know, I was so nervous. My leg was shaking. Sure. Like, and I'm a big dude and it was a tiny stage and like the whole stage is, you know, <laughs> shaking. shaking. Yeah. So you get, you, you, you push through moments like yeah. that and you get to the other side and you go, Oh, I, I didn't die. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't that bad. And so you, you keep, you got, I mean, you just kind of keep doing it. So I've had a lot of like really neat experiences like that, that I think being in other cultures and other stuff like that. And dude, honestly, I, as far as it, and, and I, I didn't necessarily mean to get into to social anxiety, but I really think that being a PK helped me out too, because there was always people in our house. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, my dad being a pastor, I mean, we had missionaries stay at our house. We had you know, even like, do my brothers, my brother played uh, D1 football for the University of South Florida. And we had high school to college. There was a lot of teammates that were either from out of town or yeah. didn't have good home lives. And they came and hung out at our house yeah. and played yeah. video games. Like, so there was, I, I was always surrounded by people. So it takes a lot for me to get, get anxious about people. And then I think as far as like, real anxiety I didn't really experience until I had a a kid. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think the first really overwhelming anxiety that, that came upon me was when Malin was born. Like babies are so fragile. Mm -hmm. And and I think we actually talked about this on the pod before, but like when you have your first kid and you put them in the car seat and the hospital's like, okay, you're good to go. (laughs) You're just, you're just like, uh, for real? Yeah. Like, what do I do now? Yeah, like you're you're trusting me with? It's like I'm sorry, I didn't get the instruction. Yeah. That, that, like, what do I do in like an yeah, hour or something no, like that? It's insane, yeah. and I was horrified. I mean, horrified. Yeah. That I was gonna drop her, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I just thought about it constantly, 
And mm. I think that the older they get in different situations, like, you know, there's, there's a lot of things in my life, you know, anxious things. I think a lot of it comes from fear of failure. And so I think when I think about my job and when I think about a lot of other things, like I know that those things don't speak into my value. I know what I'm good at. I know how God has gifted me. And so I'm not concerned about success in that that way. Mm-hmm. But for some reason with your children, like it is your job to love them. It's your job to teach them about Jesus. It's your job to protect them. And like that's hard, man. And yeah. sometimes your kids go off and do experiences or they're staying with other parents or hanging out with other kids and and they're out of your sight and mm-hmm. it's out of your control. And that's, I think, is when anxiety started to really like overwhelm me yeah. in certain situations. Like even there was a, sorry for like I'm talking way too much. But no, I'll, you're good. You're good. I'll, I'll say this and turn it over to you. But, you know, Malin, my daughter was going to the pool with friends. Actually, <laughs> actually, I think it was uh, your wife and, and your sons. <laughs> that's and I had never been to the public pool before. Uh-huh. And I was thinking, you'll appreciate this. I had like this sandlot mentality, mm-hmm. like this tiny pool with like 600 kids. Yeah. Right. You know, like. Stuffed to the gills, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. And I I just saw her diving underwater and getting kicked in the face and unconscious and dying. And like, I like I just started to panic. Yeah. And. It, it's just it's just so funny how like these scenarios that potentially could happen but are not likely to happen sure can really just but you know my my daughter and my son and my wife are by far the most valuable things in my life yeah, yeah. and so when it comes to their safety and protection that is that's what causes me the most anxiety. And to, and to say, I think that it probably goes back in the sense of saying that like stress on like job and some of those other things mm-hmm. is compounded by the fact that I'm the one that's got to bring home money Yeah, because that's what provides food and, and security for my family and and so then stuff at work can maybe seem a little bit heavier than it has before because you know like when you're in school it's like well i fail what you know whatever i fail that's i don't have to define yeah, what me. It, how does it yeah and how does it even really truly yeah. impact me in the yeah. long run you know but getting fired or yeah not you know, being able to provide yeah like just the like you know some of it's just being an adult yeah. And it really it really makes me sad because and I'm I'm really anxious. <laughs> mm. I didn't mean to say that. Um I'm really anxious to hear your experience um being younger because I feel like we are raising a society of kids that are facing way more stress and anxiety than mm-hmm. I ever did. Mhm. Mhm. And that breaks my heart. Yeah. Yeah, I think there is something to that. I've certainly seen that in my oldest son, Sam, um, as he's going into middle school. He is an he I would categorize him as an anxious kid in a lot of ways. And um, I don't know. And this is a this is a follow up question I have for us to kind of kind of muse over a little bit. I don't know if that's externally driven or if that is because, you know, it's some sort of like just inward Mm. personality trait that that just lends itself towards more anxiety. Just that that he inherited from you, probably. Well, that's the (laughs) that's the thing. Right. You know, it's like when I see Samuel as as this kind of anxious middle schooler, I'm like, this is. This, this is me, you know, this is me yeah. to, to AT because it's like when I was growing up, I suffered extremely from social anxiety. So, you know, you were mentioning it and you were kind of the way you were describing it. I was like, man, that is, I mean, it's, 
<laughs> this is gonna sound so lame, but it's like, man, that's so cool. You know, it's just like you can let that stuff roll off your back and and it not bother yeah. you. And some of that was because of you know immersion therapy. Basically, you were put into oh, some yeah. horrible situation, thrown into the deep end. <laughs> and it's like you know you got to survive or you'll go insane. Um, I was you know I had such anxiety about the most most basic of things. You know, um, you know you go to the store to get a video game and it's not on the shelf and it's like oh man, so I'm gonna have to ask the clerk to see if they have it back and it's. <laughs> Like I, there were some times where I, I legitimately home. could not do it, yeah. and and you know, shout out to my brother Zach. He, my younger brother Zach, was the one that would go up and and he would ask, and uh, you know that that was something that I wrestled with for a long time, and I also developed a little bit of a complex about it because I felt like kind of. I don't know, incomplete, insecure in myself, less confident in myself. And I will say what you said about like the ways to kind of overcome anxiety turned out to be exactly right for me too, is that, you know, I realized that if you, if you anticipate, you know, what, what causes you anxiety, you can prepare for it, right? You can do yeah. things to try and decrease the anxiety by just feeling like, okay. And sometimes even, even like with that silly example about the, you know, the, the, the GameStop, you know, employee or something like yeah. that, you know, it's like, you just have to kind of prepare yourself a little bit. Okay. If it's not there, you know, here's how you go about it. And and this this gets really crazy. This is me and my neurosis totally. But it's like, OK, if, if it's not there, here's what you say. Here's how you say it. And preparing what I was going to say to the person, you know, how to engage in the conversation stuff was comforting to me. And and honestly, to a large degree, sometimes still is when I'm in those kinds of situations. I need to prepare to help me feel a little bit better because I'm like, OK, here's how I can say that and not sound like a complete moron. You know, yeah, it's just so funny to me because. Like, you're so different now from my perspective. Yeah. And. I would like to think so. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's cool, but also, like, not, I, I just think it's so important, important, important. We're both jacking it up today. Like... <laughs> to understand, like, somebody's journey. Yeah, exactly. I want to throw this in there uh, and, let, and let you keep running with it. Yeah. But I, I think that one of my favorite examples or illustrations however you want to put it is that of a spider if you have this huge spider in your house and you're afraid of it but you face it and you kill it and then you're proud mm -hmm. and so you go and you get somebody and you say hey come look at this ginormous spider i just killed and then you walk over and what happens to spiders when they're killed mm -hmm. they're just they, sh they shrivel yeah right yeah. And it's like, well, I, dude, I promise you, this was the biggest was, spider I've ever it seen. It was big life. and scary. And, was, I... and now it looks, but to me, that's what anxiety and fear is. Yeah. A lot of times you have to face it and then you realize, okay, this is not as, as bad. You know, I, I think what you're, what you're saying is brilliant. I wonder how much of that, in my opinion, like you said with Sam, is self-imposed because you're always running worst case scenarios. Yeah, right. And it's right. like, that's just not, I mean, it's just not realistic. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's a lot less likely to happen than, than what you think it's going to. Right. You know, but, um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. It's one of those things you can just, and, and you mentioned this a couple of times too, when you would start to, um, when, when in those times where you do feel anxious, it's about thinking. You're thinking about it so much. You're yeah. thinking about it maybe constantly. And then that becomes almost kind of like a poison to your mind because then that's all you can think about. And and yeah. and the, the way that I think our, our, you know, our tendencies go is that, you know, you think about something long enough, you will get to a part where you're kind of like just dwelling on the negative, you know, the worst outcome. You know, I, I think yeah. there's a lot about that. Where, and then can will it into existence. And you can. Right. You mentioned this was really cool where you talked about the fruits of anxiety. Right. You know, that idea. What does it bring? And I just made a quick note there. It's like, OK, a lack of performance because mm. you're so anxious that you can't do it or making things worse. Right. Because yeah. all you're doing is thinking about this bad outcome. And then, you know, whatever you do in response to that, you know, like yeah. like like you're so anxious about something that you you have to get up and speak in front of someone but you've been thinking about it so much that you know you can't think of the words that you actually do need to say and it's you know yeah. it's just too easy for it to get 
um, messed up. I, I will say just just to kind of like follow up on the other part that you mentioned about the confidence aspect or the experience aspect. I think that was the big difference for me, too, is that when you do start to see a couple of wins, so to speak, you yeah, know, man. you kind of realize, OK, I'm not a complete incompetent, you know, yeah. and, and that, you know, you can. You know, even if you feel like you don't have a lot to offer or something like that, you know, you you realize, okay, some of that is, is definitely negative self-talk that you're, you know, you're devaluing yourself unfairly. Not that I necessarily thought of it in those terms when I was like yeah. 17 um, or 18, but, but, you know, just the idea about like, you know, okay, I did this once, I can do it again, you know, whatever it is, or I did it like this, this yeah. is a little bit different, but it's, it, I can do it, I can do it a little bit more, I can do it a little bit bigger, I can do it, you know, I can, I can grow, I can keep doing things, and, you know, it's, it's, it's a process, but once you kind of get a couple of those things under your belt, you realize, okay, I was capable of doing this even when I thought I couldn't do it before, then, you know, when you get put in front of a new circumstance where it's like, I don't know about this, but it's like, okay, you didn't know about the other thing, and that went okay, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I wonder, too, like, what role comparison plays in, in some of that as well. Yeah, sure. Because you you think to yourself, well, I, I can never do it like that. Yeah, there's that. So if I have to do something or, you know, follow somebody, you know, sometimes that's like, it, it's it's scary. I'm, I'm trying to think of a good situation. I was just thinking like, there's been a couple of times where we'll have a service and obviously, unfortunately because of a lot of reasons, we just, we just don't have a choir anymore, but sometimes a choir would sing and it would be so powerful that I'd be sitting down thinking, I don't want to follow this. Yeah, you're, set the bar up a little yeah. bit high about the experience. And it's like, can I, I'm just going to go up there and say, you know what guys, let's just go home. Yeah. That was that ministered to my heart. I, that's all we need today, you know. No, thank you. I get that. I get that too. But like, even like, you know, I was just thinking maybe because the the MLB playoffs are going on right now. But mm -hmm. you know, the batting lineup is structured for a reason mm -hmm. to lean on strengths. And even though you may not be a leadoff or you may not be a you know pinch hitter, you know there. You know you're you're in there because you're reliable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. At different different you know. You know, you, mentioning that this this is going to seem like it's a little bit of a tangent, but I, uh, but I don't think it is anyway. You know, just kind of going back to that. Hey, I, we're we're uh, built on tangents, I mean, baby. Bring it on. Like, what is this show if it's nothing but tangents <laughs> loosely strung together? <laughs> under some sort of like umbrella but uh but you know like thinking about this from the perspective of anxiety and the idea of like a pitching rotation too right you know there are some times where you need a certain person for a certain yeah. circumstance and you know um the phillies uh had had their big matchup with the with the, with the braves for game one by the time that this uh this goes out there will they will have had at least one more game uh since uh since then so who knows where the series is at right now but uh the phillies manager um rob thompson talked about wanting to bring in the pitcher the starting pitcher and he only wanted to pitch him for four innings that was the game plan but he said i thought about telling the pitcher but i eventually decided not to because i didn't want him to be thinking about having this mm. cutoff i wanted him to go in it and just execute to his best yeah. possible perspective and not have to worry about that and sometimes we just get so caught up in worrying about like all these different outcomes when all we have to do is just do what we're good yeah. at you know just yeah. just just do our thing essentially well, and, and, and know that and, it'll work out and it's okay if you do something that you're you're not good at you know what some of what i was thinking too is that like when you take a risk to try something like why is there so much pressure to be really good at something? Mm -hmm. Like I did this, this is so out there, but there's this like movement in America right now where you can like go throw axes at, at wood in these oh, places. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, yeah. The ax throwing stuff. Ax yeah, throwing. That's cool. and, and I went, I went and did that and I am normally really good at aim things, mm -hmm. but I'd never done this before. Yeah. But here I am getting frustrated because I'm not good at it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's my first time. Mm -hmm. Like, why? Why are there some things where we just expect ourselves to to be? It's like it it takes time. And yeah. to me, anxiety should find ease in the repetition and getting better. Yeah. Because right. with each time you do something, you you're. I mean, 
you're more than likely going to get a little bit better right, at something. Right. And then so the next time you do it, it should reduce some of that anxiety. Question for you. I know that anxiety and worry are not necessarily the same thing, but they're fairly closely related. Yeah. And and what I'm I'm thinking more so getting a little bit more serious as we close out this topic yeah. and this idea of family and the things that cause high anxiety because they mean so much to us. Yeah. Is there a level where anxiety anxiety or worry is a good thing or that a place where it actually can can help that's that's amazing because i as you were talking before i wrote down the note you know i wrote down this question what do we get anxious about and what does that say about what we value right you know and and as you were describing being anxious about being able to provide for your family and you know your your daughter's safety right you know i mean like the safety of your family and and being able so that they're you know they're well taken care of i'm like that seems like in some ways not that just like anything else taken to excess it becomes really harmful to us i think but in some ways yes there is a certain amount of productivity that comes from that because that is also possibly motivation right it's drive because it's like you know i need to do this and i want to do it to the best of my ability you know there are i mean your example with test taking i think is a really good one because there are some circumstances where you know doesn't really matter how much you think about it whether you're anxious about it or not if you know the stuff you know the stuff if you don't you don't right you can't you can't fix that by you know i hear there's a group of people out there that will take your test for you if you if you received a flyer in the mail for uh for this service and you have their number then you have it you're fine um but if you don't you don't yeah. <laughs> it's like no that's, that's tough uh, it's uh so like there are some circumstances where it's kind of like you know whatever but i think there are some cases where anxiety is kind of like you know we should listen to it because it's something where we can interrogate ourselves and then kind of figure out okay this is not a fully bad thing i just need to make sure that i'm not letting it cause me problems right mm. causing causing those fruits to uh to to come forward in a way that are you know nasty nasty fruits rotten gross <laughs> fruits <laughs> you know that kind of thing yeah yeah i think that's re- that's really compelling because i realized that a lot of times where I've suffered anxiety lately are really things that I should not be anxious about because it's just like what you were saying. They were about expectations. You know, they yeah. were about comparison. I mean, it was about me being a good, you know, leader for something or a good, uh, you know, executing something in a way and not necessarily being honest with myself saying like, OK, if it doesn't if it doesn't go exactly, you know, X, Y and Z way, that's that's OK as long as the ultimate objective is achieved. But, you know selfishly or maybe again kind of stemming from some of that insecurity it's kind of like but i really want it to go that way because that'll that'll be better for me you know (laughs) and just being extremely extremely vulnerable as i say that right a lot of the anxiety i've realized in hindsight it's about because i didn't think that i was good enough or you know i was afraid that other people would think that i was not good enough in some way who cares man who cares what they think man i think you're awesome (laughs) Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. in a moment. <laughs> what one of the things that I kind of seems like it's slowly becoming my mantra is we have way less control than we think we do. Yeah. And our responsibility, in my opinion, is to try to do the right thing for the right reasons. Yeah. And focusing on that and not not that anxiousness is a bad thing because i think you're right I, I think that it's it's a good thing to care but at some level what is your is your anxiety communicating your fear of your lack of control yeah right but it also in my opinion for me personally it speaks volumes of your faith as well. Yeah. Because yeah. there at, at some level there's a lack of trust in God that he can't do he can't pull me out of this situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He can't work all things together for good. He, you know, he he doesn't love me. He wouldn't, you know. Yeah. I, there's a lot of 
that's a big shift that I've noticed in in the way that I have experienced anxiety as an adult versus as a as a teenager is that I've realized, like you were saying, you know, it's kind of shifted to being I'm anxious about the things that I cannot control. And so the only option really at the end of the day is just I have to I have to give that away. You know, I have to give that to God yeah. and, and, and just trust, you know, and in 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 a couple of times that I can think of in the past, I've done that sometimes better than others. But oh, uh, yeah, but definitely I see spots where I was able to do it just being so much, so much better. Right. So much smoother. You know, the outcome being so much richer, mm. too, you know, and then the other times where it's been harder for one reason or another, probably my own, you know, uh, failings or whatever. That's when that's when it's been a rocky road, you know. Um, I'm thinking about ice cream now. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's, speaking of rocky road, no. I just want to tell you that there is two minutes and 34 seconds left. Oh, my goodness. And the Philadelphia Eagles are up 23-14, and they just turned the Rams over on downs. And so, so they have the ball back. They have the ball back. And I'm only saying all that because it should help you feel less stress in your life. Because <laughs> if you didn't know, Matt is a Philadelphia Eagles fan. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a powerful, uh, it's a powerful relationship I have uh, to a to a city that I've never lived in, but I uh, close just, close enough just have lived uh, uh, close enough to it, and and that's how I, you know, my father lived even closer. So it's a it's a special thing. Yeah, yeah man, that's awesome. I, I just. Uh, I appreciate you uh, giving up your night to to record with a guy like me, even at the cost of uh, stressing over a football game. Well, it's very generous for you to say, <laughs> but we both know that it was it was my uh, it was my nice. my lack of uh, whatever that uh, that I was like, yeah, we might we might not be able to do it at our normal time. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. All right, are we we ready to to switch gears here? Yeah. All right, we're going to get into matters of faith. Why? Because faith matters. I love that. That's fantastic. I love saying it. I think we we can we can be done now. I got to I got to say my one line. Faith matters, guys. All right, faith, see you faith later. Matters. See you later. So I've been reading in First Timothy, mm. and I wish I could remember what caused this thought, but I don't. I tried. I wrote down the thought because I knew I would forget it. Mm, that's cool. But I did not realize that I would also forget the reason what led me to the thought. But that doesn't matter because I think this is a, a an interesting question for us to think about for the next uh, few minutes. And that is this, Matt. This is what I wrote down in my Bible. And I just, I, it's not necessarily a question, but just want, just want your thoughts on it. Okay. Satan wants your sin to be your attitude. God wants your sin to be your motivation. Satan wants your sin to be your attitude. God wants it to be your motivation. Mm-hmm. And and what I mean by attitude is that sin leading the way for more sin and mm-hmm. giving you a negative attitude and a negative view about yourself and about your future. Almost kind of like uh, it becoming your your sort of your your identity. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I get you. I get you. Whereas God would rather you use your sin as motivation to be different. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it it's. I think I used the word compelling before, right? You know, and and that's another one where uh, the your your uh, the way that you kind of connected those two ideas, um, or as it was kind of brought to you, makes makes a lot of sense to me, right? You yeah. know, it starts with the foundation of like you know the idea that everybody can agree about sin, right? And, and yeah. us us you know having sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and it's kind of like okay, so so we are born and we are you know sinful creatures. And then what? Right. Because I think that's kind of the really interesting piece that kind of comes from that is like, you know, okay, so we have this kind of perspective about ourselves and the fact that we we sin and we cause harm to other people. And what do we do about that? And can we ever really get rid of it? You know, is that there's just all of these kinds of like different elements of, of doubt and 
fear that's kind of like uh, tied into that, some complacency that's a part of that too, you know, about like, yeah, it's gonna be, it, it's so hard to live a life that's, you know, uh, not sinful or something like that. I, no. I, I, a lot of different thoughts kind of bumping around into me. I love the idea. Let me kind of focus in on the, um, on that idea about motivation, right? God wants it to be your motivation because that that's kind of a, that's a really cool way of thinking about it mm. a little bit, right? Fall forward is what I like to fall forward. Yeah. You know, it's easy to fall back, but you know, using your sin as motivation yeah. to pursue God. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and as a kind of like a, almost like a wake up call to say, ah, shoot, this is not, this is yeah. not who I am. This yeah. is not who I want to be. I need, obviously, what this says is that I lack the spirit in my life. And yeah. so I need to invite him back in. I was thinking about this, um, you know, kind of thinking about, the, the, I, I, what am I trying to say here? Okay, so there was this passage that kind of came to mind earlier today, and it fits. I think it fits really well here. It's from First John where it says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Mm. Right? It's that that kind of idea. It's like, you know, there's no sense in trying to either deny it or, you yeah. know, like ignore sin or anything like that but instead it's like there is a way out that's the thing that you know a way out of a life that is you know mired in it or or that is you know like that that fills us with darkness right you yeah. know i mean like that's the that's sort of the promise and if we keep our eyes on that promise then we have we have hope and we have a purpose that mm. we just don't have if our entire identity is you know Think about whatever sin you want to, you know, maybe sins that are tied to lying or sins that are tied to addiction or, you know, whatever it might be, right? You know, if, if that's just how you think of yourself, then the, the negative self-talk becomes really, you know, I don't know, like it's just one of those things where you are unhelpful. Yeah. <laughs> It's like you're shaping, you're, you're, yeah, you're shaping reality in a certain way at that point, right? Because, you know, you, you know, I am Matt and I am the person that, that you know, is a glutton or something like yeah. that or, or, you know. Uh, and this is who I'll always be. Yeah, right. And and so then it's, you know, there that just becomes so much harder to um, change that that narrative, right? You know, yeah. to, to embrace the, the, the narrative that God wants us to embrace is that, yes, this has happened, but there is a way out. You know, that was a part yeah. of God's plan ever since the, the, the fall, you know, ever since sin entered into the world. The two words that are connected here for me, I think, are shame and conviction. And I think that our lack of understanding the difference between the two gets us in trouble a little bit okay, because cool. shame, yeah. I think the purpose of shame is to push us further away from God. Mm -hmm. And conviction is purpose to, to pull us closer to him. And so when you understand that God doesn't use shame, he uses conviction. Everything he wants to do is to draw you closer to himself. So he... he he wants you to understand there's there's also a biblical sense of the difference between worldly sorrow and godly sorrow. And so I I don't want to feel I want to I want to understand the weight of my sin. I want to understand what it's doing in my life, but I don't want to be sorry that I got caught or yep. I don't want to be, you know, I I want to be sorry because I see what this is doing to me. Yeah. I see how this is affecting me. I see how it's affecting the people around me. And I want to choose to live differently. I want to be different. And I don't want to be just different to be different, but I want to be holy as he is holy. And that's one of the thoughts that I had when, when you were talking is like not chasing this idea of perfection, but chasing Jesus. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, scripture says we want to be holy as he is holy. So it's it's not about it's not about being more perfect. It's about being more like him. Yeah. And I think that there's a, a distinction between those two things, right? Because yeah. our chasing after Jesus is, is a friendship. It's a relationship. It's, it's more fluid. Mm -hmm. Perfection is, I mean, really comes down to the law, right? Are you, are you abiding by the letter of the law? And, and you, you're, you're always going to fall can. short of that. Yeah. So don't don't pursue that. But there are things that are, are chief matters that are more important, like love and peace and joy and faithfulness and gentleness. Yeah. And, and to me, that that 
that's what it's about. It's not about saying, you know what, I'm a piece of garbage. I'll always be a piece of garbage. Um, nah, and there's there's a distinction. I've used this illustration before. If you have a, not on the pod, but in, in a sermon, if you have a new pair of shoes on, you're a little bit more cautious about where you walk because you don't want to get your shoes dirty. Or at least, mm-hmm. <laughs> at least I am. <laughs> Not fair place like that. But if you got like I like I got on right now, yeah, like you got shoes, yeah, you got the 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 beat up pair. Then you don't care. Yeah. You know, you step in this, you step in that. Yeah, like maybe I didn't want to step in that, but eh, these sho- these shoes really don't matter. matter. And yeah. I think that we have that same spirit about ourselves sometimes, is to say, you know, I, I'm I'm broken, I'm ruined, I'm. It doesn't matter what happens to me because I'm no like, like that's cool. Yeah, Jesus' sacrifice washed washed you white as snow. Yeah. So like, you don't. It, it's not about like. And I just think that Satan's really good about doing that to us, about exactly. making us feel horrible about who we've been. And God's like, no, I don't want you to feel horrible about who you've been in the sense that I want you to to walk away from me. I just want you to understand that there's a better path. And isn't that that kind of tricky piece of it? Because, you know, to some degree, you know, certainly at least the way we've been taught, right? You know, when you, when you have a certain level of repentance, there is an amount of regret that's a part of that. You know, there is a certain amount of like, you know, I, I hate that this has happened. I want to do better. But it can, it's like one of those things, like you were saying, that Satan can kind of twist where you just stop at the, I hate that this has happened. Yeah. And we don't necessarily process process into the but but can it be better or I want it to be better that the true reprint sorry repentance I actually, thought you were say the t- the true apprentice the true apprentice <laughs> Darth Maul <laughs> Darth Maul wasn't the true apprentice guys no he wasn't sorry man. spoiler for the uh, for the Phantom Menace um, but uh, but yeah it's uh, it's this <laughs> I lost my time. <laughs> Sorry, I ruined no, that one. No, no like, actually, you ruined it because you missaid the word. That was my fault. fault. Um, but no, the idea of just like that we can get so mired in like the the regret of something that we we messed up or something like that that we don't then take that really important next step to to you know to accept the forgiveness that that mm. is so freely offered to us. You know, yeah. like that 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 has been paid for us you know and and just think you know you you said it before actually we both kind of said it together it's about the idea of feeling like we don't matter yeah and god his the entire mo is you do matter yeah you know this is not good you know we don't want to do we don't want to sin obviously but you still matter and satan is like you don't matter because you sin well and, and to your point i mean that's that's a great distinction because satan is telling you you don't matter give up and god's telling you 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 do matter, but this will kill you. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm I'm telling you this. Yeah, exactly. Because I see where this leads. Yeah, it's a warning and not a condemnation. Almost, yeah, you know. Yeah. But here's a path that leads yeah. to life. Yeah. I yeah, just saw really cool. I just saw a clip that I thought was really cool online. It just talked about how, you know, the road to death is filled with pockets of things that feel like life. And our fun. Yeah. And the road to life is filled with pockets that feel like death. Yeah, and right. Suffering and pain. Mm-hmm. And it's that's just an interesting. Yeah, that's dichotomy. That's is that is that the right word? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey. Yeah, that's a good even, word. Even Will can use big words sometimes. Not just Matt, guys. <laughs> whoop whoop. All right, man. You you got any final thoughts? Let's see. Final thoughts. I think we, we I, I had jotted some stuff down during the anxiety discussion, but I think we kind of we kind of hit all of them. Um, I think I think it's kind of an interesting thing for us to think about, you know, in the future, whether it's like a follow up or something like that. But it's like, you know, what what besides this kind of general idea about giving it up to God and, and you know, trying to to unburden ourselves of our anxiety but like what what like kind of actionable steps are possible to take yeah. with some of these things and that might be tied up into a bigger conversation that we have about other kind of similar issues about worry or, or maybe even forms of depression or something like that but you know like god provides us sometimes people and and you know um you know scripture even itself can be something that that you know he provides to us to to try and um break ourselves of these things and be anxious yeah. about nothing, but mm-hmm. with prayer and supplication. Yeah. Make everything known to the Lord. There's something I probably that, jacked yeah. that up, but yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. So, so I don't know, just n no major final thoughts necessarily. Just, just kind of continuing to think about like, you know, when you're caught up in that anxiety, what, you know, what's the, what to do about it. Yeah. And, and, and I, I think, think that's, that would be a great verse to break down through that because I think it gives, it gives a lot of actionable stuff. And I think it gives some stuff that you don't even think about. Like, you know, it, it's, it starts off with, with Thanksgiving. Yeah. And what, what is God trying to do? He's trying mm. to get you to take your focus on the negative and focus on the positive. Put it on that. It'll push out all yeah. of the, yeah, yeah, all the worry. So there's a lot of cool stuff there. Yeah. But, yeah. What about you? Any final thoughts? Nah, man. I got nothing. We covered it. We're My good. brain is empty. <laughs> and folks, that's why we are professional disasters. Thank you so much for listening. Please, it's never too late to send an email. <laughs> ProfDisaster2023 at gmail.com. We love you. Hope to see you next time. Have a good week, everybody. Peace. Peace.